Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's something. What would you do? I'm going to present a scenario right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. It's a complicated scenario. And uh, then you, listeners, will call in 651 641 1071 and tell us what you might do in a situation as such. Okay. Why, what's going on? All right. Here's the, thing? the scenario. Mm, scenario. Person says, I have a friend who I met at a mom's club. She introduced me to her husband and he seemed really great, but I cannot remember his name. She only refers to him as hubby. Here's the thing. I see him all the time at the gym and he always greets me by name and I don't even remember his name. So I can't even say it back or get his attention if I see him first. I was there the other day with my friend and he didn't take the hint when she gave him space to introduce himself. So I still don't know his name. This has been going on for over a year. Hmm. The window has closed. How do I learn his name? Social media? 651-641-1071. I mean, that's what a true snooper would do, right? I'm sorry. I'm just a real (laughs) snoop-a-doop. Actually, I have a friend. I, I will tell the truth uh, while we're waiting for people to give us a jingle, jangle, jingle. 651-641-1071. The window has closed for her to learn somebody's name. How does she get the name of the person? Uh, I have a friend who's really good at snooping. And so, because I'm, I'm actually not that good. Like, you can kind of be Our dumb good. Our talent is eavesdropping, let's yeah, be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm much better dropping eaves. Which is different than snooping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. totally. Holly, obviously. Um, <laughs> which is not at all related to peeping. No, that's a different skill altogether. Yeah. Which anyway. is also different than peeing. No, I have a friend who's really good. Like, literally, you'll be like, I saw this guy. He had blonde hair and he was with a young woman, probably 30 something. Like, five minutes later, you'd be like, Oh, that's John McCracken. He's a lawyer. Oh, my God. And has been in the state for five years. So like he, yeah. So you got to have somebody like that on speed dial for okay, moments so, like this. So in that- I am, I would be the person who didn't know the name, and I, I hate that awkward thing. When you, and then you do that thing where you're like, "Hey, you," and you feel yeah. like it's like even worse. I know. Or, or, or you just do the even awfuler thing where you kind of vaguely remember the name and sort of say something that you think resembles it, and they're like, "Yeah, no, my like, oh, hey, Bill," and he's like, "My name's Bob." Because that's what I You're do. You're like, Bob. No, yeah, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know no, that. I'm sorry. sorry about it. I was just it. talking to Bob. Whoops. 651-641-1071. The name window has closed. What do you do? 
what were you going to say? I was just going to say if we're waiting for, uh, you know, our phone buttons to clickety-clack mm-hmm. over there. We're getting there. We did get a text from our good oh. friend Doug. Oh, great. And he had a genius idea, what which you will find as no surprise. Tell her to ask the gym front desk staff. Obviously. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Doug might know a thing or two about, about that behavior. That, yeah. And I actually might know a thing or two about asking that question. Okay. You just wait for an opportune moment and go, hey. What's that person's name? Now, you got to be on good terms with that staff. Right. Otherwise, they're like, you're a creeper. Get yeah, out. Yeah. And what's their address? And what's the social security <laughs> yeah. number? And did and they, they have any have, photos do, that they gave you? Are they on auto pay with any credit card? Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Kit on the line. Hey, Kit. Kit, the name window has closed. She cannot remember this guy's name. How does she learn it? Well, I would just go right to that Google machine. You can find that name. Um, enter their address, and you just keep scrolling down. The name of the owner will probably pop up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, enter her name and uh, look around in there, and it'll probably end up giving the name of her husband. Okay. It really, it w- you could probably find it in moments on Google. Hit up the Googs. Yeah, hit up the Googs. Kit. Absolutely. I like it. Thank Thanks, you for Kit. your call, Kit. Um, and unfortunately, we are not privy to all of the information. I mean, there's many options. Yeah. There's many ways to skin a yeah. cat. Please don't. We're not supposed to do that anymore. No. But I just did. It's words. I mean, I would have said like chicken nugget or something. Okay, let's go to Annie. Unbred a chicken nugget. <laughs> let's go to Annie. What? Hi, Annie. Annie, the name window has closed. How does she learn this person's name? Well, kind of the same thing, but you know, you just, if, if you know where they live, just get their regular address and then you go to Hennepin County Property Taxes, property lookup, and see who pays the taxes on that property. Yeah, no, Annie, someone right. tells me you've done that a time or two. I'm not a stalker. I'm an appraiser. I just happen to know okay. how to do it. <laughs> Annie, thank you for your call. And thank you for that insight. Can I say, I, I want to make sure you guys don't do what I just saw somebody do on the news this morning. What? Who The guy was looking up his, um, I forget where it was now because I just looked up a place and it wasn't that. A police officer used his access to the DMV records mm-hmm. to look up his old girlfriend like 20 some times over the last couple of Mm-mm. years. Don't do that. Because now he's in big trouble. Yeah. Nicole is on the line. Hello, Nicole. Nicole, tell us about your sleuthing uh, skills. Uh, the name window has closed for this person. What would you do in order to learn that person's name? Okay, so I've actually done this at the gym before because oh. I've met someone and I know them and I don't remember their name. I would ask the gym staff to help. Yeah. There you go. Because they, they must have some kind of record or they must know him. Yeah. Right? And Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, thank you very much. And but, I love when she, she was able to be brave and admit that this has happened to her. Yeah. Also, be careful because they might not be able to do that or they might be like, you're a creeper, get away. Right. Uh, Doug did remind me that's actually how I met Jamie. Okay. I want to get to Cheryl's call and then I want that story. So hi, Cheryl. Cheryl, uh, the window is closed and this person does not know her friend's husband's name. How does she go about learning his name? I would just say, hi, you know what? I'm having a brain fart today and I just can't remember your name. Mm. Oh, I like that. That's the honest way. I, like I mean, pseudo honest. Yeah, it's like a white lie. But way. you know, you could just say, yeah, I don't have to sleuth around. That's true. 
Yeah. You don't I've been having a brain fart for a year. What is your name? <laughs> oh, that's Cheryl, brave, I love it. Cheryl. Brave, Thank you, Cheryl. Brave Cheryl. Listen, you know, the truth of it is... I'm not that good of a person. No, but I feel like the truth of it is this. Honest, think about it, honestly. You do that to the yeah. person. You go, I am. I completely just forgot your name. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. They tell you their name, and like they're not going to walk away. You think in your head, they're going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. They're not. I yeah. promise you. Or they might. I mean... And either way, you're maybe, not going to die. Maybe yeah, they're vengeful happen. and vindictive. Holly, like, I'm stop. Gonna... <laughs> then you you just discovered it without having to like end up dead on the side of a road. There you yeah, go. Right. That's or hit up the Googs. Okay, Bradley, now you promised. I made you promise. That I was going to say, I didn't promise didn't nothing. Promise. Um, but you, this, you did have to do this. Well, no, I did. And he's uh, absolutely right. Because, uh, Doug, there was this person next to me in the class that I was taking 100 mm-hmm. years ago. And I was like, oh, that guy's really attractive. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I didn't know anything about him. And I couldn't, you know, be bothered to, like, ask him. No, that would take vulnerability. So, long story short, I did what needed to be done. But to be fair, he wanted to be known. So he had I'm just going to tell you the story. Yeah, yeah. He had arrived at the firm and a bunch of us were like, oh, he's hot. And he would be like literally right next to me in class. But he came with this girl and we were like, oh, uh, is he gay? Is he straight? What's the deal? And because uh, I thought he was dating this girl. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out this girl was just a friend of his. And uh, he wanted that known because he had been recently singled uh-huh. and wanted people to know and that. And wanted to mingle. Or at least didn't want people to think that was his girlfriend. Yeah. And so... Doug, being the you know entrepreneurial uh, gym instructor that he is, mm-hmm. he made it very known mm-hmm. that that's uh, what that was Jamie's friend, uh, friend and not girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so immediately after class, it was like, okay, who? I need names. Mm-hmm. I need a name because then I'm going to go to Facebook and send a message, and that's what I did. And the rest. And the rest was history. history. And now you cruise together and yes. through life and on him, vacation. And now we're cruising the world together. Okay. When we come back, I bet you can tell what I'm just thinking. When we come back on the Colleen and no Bradley show, I'll tell you later. Uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, oh man, sometimes we have such an abundance of debaggery in Hollywood that we really have to stretch it. And so we're going to do a little pre-bag. <laughs> Stretching the debag. Go, go with it. <sighs> we're going to start early after this on My Talk 1071. So many debags in Hollywood. It's the Colleen oh. and Bradley show. My Talk Hi. 1071. Exactly. I'm yeah. Colleen Lindstrom. For your show. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're just going to get started early with a little pre-bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you to the pre-bag goose. Asgari is, well, saying words that will make your eyeballs fall out of your head. I saw this headline and I thought, oh, tell me more. Really? Okay. Quote. This is the headline. And then I'll tell you what he said. And okay. then your eyeballs are going to fall out. Okay. Thank you for the So the be, be close to somewhere that's, they're not going to get dirty if they hit the floor. Okay. Sam Asgari doesn't want to know the sex of baby with pregnant Britney Spears. Okay. It's a weird choice of words, but I think essentially 
it says what it says. He just doesn't want to know the sex, right? Which increasingly, I just, the thing I love about, okay, I'll shut up. Okay. It just seems like an old conversation. Like, are we doing that? I mean, I get that that's a thing for people individually, but like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about headlines for celebrity babies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know the sex of my baby. Okay, great for you. I, do I need to know? Does that, what does that mean? Does that like a thing? Like, you're not, okay. Why? I don't have kids. I'm, you know, I, uh, we weren't allowed to do that for a very long time, and now we can, and I'm just, like, too old and tired. I can't. I don't want to do that. I want to go on cruises. So, what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. I get that I might be weird, but this seems like an out-of-date conversation. So, then I'm like, but it's Britney Spears, and I need to know what he's saying. Right. Because I bet there's a story there. Turns out, there is. <clears throat> Sam wants to keep the sex of his baby a surprise. Okay. Okay. Quote, now he did an Access Hollywood interview with a uh, good friend and actually former lover of one Britney Spears, Mario Lopez. Oh, Quote, were they together? Uh, there was like, uh, allegedly they were a thing. They had a fling. At some I mean, point. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I just, that was, okay. Anyway, that's not the center of the story. Sam Asgari is, as all stories about Sam Asgari. Yeah. Are. So, quote, that's up to her. But I don't want to know. That's something that I want to wait for. Okay, I mean, it's very mm, minor. Whatever. Uh, then he was talking to Mario and, um, you know, talked about how this is going to be his first child. He said, absolutely, man, hands on as much as possible, referring to his dadness. Mm-hmm. This is my baby, my my first baby. Which, can I just really quickly, I'm sorry. Yeah, I need there. to stick a pin in the hands-on piece because that's a thing. Yeah. That, well, I think he's going to be there when it shoots out, and he's going to catch it I like a have, football. I just can't. Go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, absolutely, man. Hands-on as much as possible. This is my baby, my first baby. Okay. It's not Brittany's first baby. Okay. Then he said the thing. Okay. I'm, all, I'm actually already annoyed, but thing. go on. We already got to the thing. Hold on to your eyeballs. Okay. Sam Asgari about his first baby with Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. If it's a daughter, it's going to be the most spoiled princess ever. If it's a son, it's going to be the toughest son. <gasps> I'm going to be tough on the kid. No! Okay, so I had a reaction, and I would like you to have a reaction, because your reaction is, I think, a little bit newer and fresher than mine. Do you have, like, what is your reaction to that story? Well, okay, the first problem is, I already was in eye roll territory before you even got to the thing that made my yeah. eyeballs fall yeah. out. And the, and I just want to get it out of the way and then I'll go off on the other thing. Yeah. But when a man says, I'm going to be a hands-on father, I, I, I what year is this? Mm-hmm. Is it 19... 19- <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 40? Mm-hmm. Like nobody ever said, no mom has ever been like, I plan to be a real hands-on mom. Mm-hmm. No, you're the father. You better be, everybody better have hands. <laughs> no, no, you don't. That's not a thing. I'm done. Women are so emotional. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I that makes that fries me. Now that's interesting, and I'm grateful that you shared that, and that's why we bring stories to each other with different perspectives because Mm -hmm. that is not how I react. I I my reaction is probably um, the reaction that the second reaction, which is if it's well, first of all, I always just think it's weird when people refer to children as it, but whatever. If it's a daughter. It's going to be the most spoiled princess ever. If it's a son, Mm-mm. it's going to be the toughest son. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be tough on that kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my reaction to that was mm-hmm. a bad naughty word mm-hmm. that we don't say on the air. Mm-hmm. Bleep you. Mm-hmm. And here's why: because as a child, like I was, who was not quote the toughest son. That was something that was pointed out and like made to be a thing, mm-hmm. which was called damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's we call that damage. Mm-hmm. We call that abuse. Mm-hmm. So my point is, mm-hmm. and society operates that way as well, mm-hmm. other than in the particular individual in this case. I'm going to be tough on the kid. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So if that's not what he means, I I hope. That he will clarify now. Something tells me, knowing a few things that I do about uh, Mario Lopez, that he probably wasn't challenged on that because I don't feel like that's like a reaction Mario Lopez would have had, right? Does Mario Lopez challenge anything? No. Also, all the things you said, and also, you will ruin that daughter if yeah. you spoil her. That also that she's, is like she her only road. Her only road is to be a princess. Maybe maybe everybody can be resilient. And maybe we don't need to worry about how you're yeah. going to treat the I can't. We don't have enough time. When we come back. We can do it when we come back, Listen, girl. we got more D-bags. All it's right. just going to be like a very so many D-baggy day after that. I had some time to breathe through the break. Good. And I just want to say everything that you said and more. I cannot believe you said that out loud. Wow. Sam Asgari, that is. If you missed it. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And yes, we do podcast this very show. You can listen to us, you know, on your app or wherever you get your podcasts or, you know, all kinds of ways to just be hanging out with us while we tell you about some more D bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who is your D-bag today, Colleen? NBC News. What? Oh, the whole network? The Peacock? NBC News, mostly whoever runs their Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay, so you know I love the Jeopardy. I love the Jeopardy. I love me the Jeopardy. And um, there has been been a, a, a person who's been playing for a while now who's amassed a whole lot of money. Okay. Her name is Matea Roach, and she has amassed a total of 
$320,081. Awesome. Playing Jeopardy, right? Like, that's kind of the fun of Jeopardy is when somebody gets on a roll, you love to watch them. Well, NBC News wanted to celebrate Matea Roach. And so they were sharing the story of this 23-year-old. By the way, didn't, did I mention she's 23? This 23-year-old woman who who has a name, Matea, who has earned a whole lot of money on Jeopardy. And this is the headline that they shared on Twitter. The 23-year-old lesbian tutor from Toronto has amassed a total of $320,081, the most by a Canadian contestant in Jeopardy history. Oh, that's a lot of words, yeah. Were any of the words her name? No. Were all of the words necessary? Oh. Oh, they should have called her name is what you're saying. Well, or like uh, the 23-year-old lesbian tutor from Toronto. Also, grammatically, that's a weird turn of phrase right there, right? Also, I, I don't know that all of those words were completely necessary in the way that you're using them together. Yeah. There's all... Other important information, because she's a human being with a name, she's a person, (laughs) like it just was, everything about it was sort of like rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for many different reasons. Some people calling it woke. Some people. Oh, because they called out that she was a lesbian. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming she identifies as a lesbian. Otherwise, how would they know that? Yes, she does. And, you know, that is part of who she is. Yeah. But it is not all of her being. Oh, for sure. She is a multi-dimensional did, human being. Did they like? Have they corrected themselves uh, or anything? Not. How did they? You know respond? what? This is a great question. I do not know yet what they what came of this. Oh, I'm just looking at the Jeopardy. So it wasn't Jeopardy who did this. No, it was, it was the, NBC, NBC News. NBC News. Oh, whoops! I just accidentally almost tweeted. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. NBC <laughs> News. Lesbian. <laughs> called somebody who's writing for SEO. Okay, yeah. Holly. Search engine Tell people what that means. Yes. Search engine optimization. They were like, put the word lesbian and tutor and Canadian. Honestly, yeah, that's probably what happened is that we want this. So search engine optimization writing means you put in certain keywords so that they'll show up when you go to Google.com when you hit up the Google. Like, I want to see what the lesbians are up to today. <laughs> oh, look, they're winning Jeopardy. So there you go. You would type that into your Google.com, Google. But com. I feel like there were enough uh, characters left to include things her like name. her name. You would I, think. You I will say um, it's you do want to maybe focus your ire at the uh, Twitter people, as you said. Mm-hmm. I think you called out Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. the NBC News person who does that, because their actual NBC News dot com headline is. Matea Roach becomes latest yeah. LGBTQ Jeopardy phenom. Yeah. Phenom. Mm-hmm. It's true. So the tw- the tw- tweeter, meaning the person who tweeted for the NBC News. Perhaps is what you're trying tweetered. to say. Uh, nothing has been corrected in this. It, mm. ju- it still exists. It's from April 25th. And literally the tweet is the 23-year-old lesbian tutor from Toronto no name, has amassed a total of $320,081, the most by a Canadian contestant in Jeopardy history. I, there's I just hope she wins more. A lot to unpack yeah. there. A win, lot to unpack. Win all the money. Win all the money. Please. Please. Win all the and, money. Or like, yeah. 
Do yeah, it for the only, lesbians. Danny Thomas. NBC News was the one giving them Danny money, Thomas? The Golden Girls joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, lesbian. Make room, lesbian. Make room for Danny. Isn't Danny Thomas one of those? Da- Danny Thomas? He was Lebanese, Blanche. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's the punchline. Blanche line. thought yeah. they were saying that Rose's friend was Lebanese. Uh, but Rose's friend well, was actually Dorothy's friend who had a thing for Rose. And she was a lesbian. Uh-huh. And she was like, Thank oh, you for sharing that friend. Lesbian. <laughs> All right. Who's your D bag, Bradley? Thanks for asking. My D bag is the person who thought this was a good idea. Mm. And by good idea, I don't mean the Colleen and Bradley show. <clears throat> I mean the person who delivered an envelope on stage to mm. one Olivia Wildenheimer. Otherwise known as Olivia Wilde. Not a lot of people know that's her full name. Anyway, um, so, and by all accounts... The reason they don't know it is because it's not. The, the, exactly. <laughs> the, the the reason um, I say the person is because we don't know, and then it's entirely possible because you know how this works. Like, maybe in the last hour or something, this story has come forth. And if it has, Holly will definitely correct the record in a Dirt Alert update. But what I will say is, um, the latest information is that the good uh, actor named Ted Lasso uh, or character named Ted Lasso, who's the actor played by Jason Sudeikis was not the person who delivered that envelope to Livia Wilde. So if you missed the story, we've already talked about it today, but the story is that somebody showed up at CinemaCon where Olivia Wilde was giving this presentation and all of a sudden a woman shows up and is like here and um, handed over this mysterious personal and confidential envelope, which was placed on stage and in fact, they were custody papers uh, from from uh, Jason Sudeikis. And um, Olivia was like, uh, these are these for me? Okay, thanks. Come to find out that they'd been delivered. Now, they did reach out, and if you read Deadline's account, they were the first to report on this story, um, that, he, you know, Jason Sudeikis, through his people, were like, had absolutely nothing to do with this, did not, was not aware that this was going to happen. Um. I don't know, like, what benefit that would have done to believe that, like, if he did know, like, give it to her during the thing. Yeah. Embarrass her. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that really embarrassed her. But but anyway, whoever thought that was a brilliant idea, like, um, that's not a brilliant idea because it's freaky and scary when you're because the first thing I reacted to and we talked a little bit about this before uh, the first time around on the show. Like, what if it was anthrax? Right. Or what if it was, like, a bomb? Or, or what something if it was... we don't even know about yet. Yeah. What if it was a lizard? <laughs> Open the envelope and it went... Uh, or, is that what they do? <laughs> but truly, you can't know what's in there at all, let alone... Well, yeah, and you're like, I'm not going to open it. Do I open this letter? Why are you handing me a letter? Do I need to know? Is because then you were like, maybe I there's. It's like your house is on fire. Mm -hmm. Please leave the stage immediately. Right. I mean, you know, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. I will say, the the security, a CinemaCon was quick to be like, uh, so we're going to institute some new policies. And, no serving any uh, kind of legal well because document. it's a huge security yeah. breach right like this person should not have been able because they weren't an attendee and this is a private it is a private or at least semi-private event this is not something that the average person can go to right um you, like 
average folks can't just walk in off the street. So the fact that this woman, who obviously was not supposed to be in attendance, was able to get through security or at least imply that she had the right to be there and was not. So, Listen, so when we first talked about this, I had questions about like the role of the person who serves somebody if they had to if there was anything they had to say or if there was some sort of formality to that and our legal expert friend on the twitter box panda uh explained that no indeed there actually is no you know protocol that is in place that you have to say or do something in order to make it real but then i've got another question about that and it actually goes to your what you were sharing which is who is the person that then directs where you do the serving? Like, is it the server, the person who's... It probably depends on the document, yeah. the jurisdiction. I would imagine all those things are relevant, right? Right. Like, like, those things all go into it. So, in this case, obviously, she needed to be handed that document, and they perhaps had a hard time getting a hold of her, and were like, oh, she's going to be at this thing, Um. so let's Just go to the thing. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not like... Uh, bounty hunter situation but you know the situations where you're like i've got a legal obligation i'm going to make it happen Mm -hmm. and it's going to be awkward because it needs to happen in person in this case clearly it did because otherwise they would have just mailed it to her did she i um i I haven't watched any video or like seen how this all went did she acknowledge it on the oh yeah she's like this is this for me and she's holding it. You can yeah. see, like, in the video, like, she's holding this thing as she's talking, again, mm. about her movie project. But she very, by all accounts, she was very able to sort of not seem, like, freaked out by it. Yeah. Although I would totally be. Because, again, why am I holding a random envelope? What if it... It's like when we were just on vacation the other day and waiting in an airport, and literally we look over and somebody just left their suitcase next to us. Mm-mm. We were outside waiting for a bus, Mm-mm. and I was like, "Um, we, nope, and we Jamie's like, we need to move. Yeah, we, we don't need to do get that. away. Nope, we need to report this. If you see something, mysterious say something. package. Yeah, I don't. That's just Luckily, all of fine, that but. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so my D bag is the person who thought that's a great idea. Mm, Let's it's do not that. a good idea because no. now you've created an international incident, and um, I imagine they're going to get a swift talking to or not. You know, probably their boss would be like, "Oh, job well done." Yeah. Well, got where it needed to be, so I guess, you know, tick the box. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, oh, remember when I told you a little bit ago that this was a very D-bag heavy hour? Yeah. Listen, we don't make the news, we just report the news, and the news is... There's another celebrity D-bag. Oh, no. Yeah, and she's a frequent flyer, oh, and she's bomb. talking about the thing you knew she'd be talking bomb, about. Bomb. Predictable Rebel Wilson after this <gasps> on My Talk 107.1. Thanks, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Yo, and um, we I told you this is going to be a D-bag heavy hour, and so uh, okay, we're going to round it out Great. with uh, another D-bag, a little okay. double down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. What's going on? Who's who's on the list now? Uh, Rebel Wilson. Why? What's, oh, Rebel Wilson. We haven't heard from her in a while. Well, guess what? What? Buckle in, because you're going to be hearing from her a lot. Because oh. she's got two big projects coming out, which means she's going to be doing a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. And... 
What can you guess about the talking she's going to be doing, Bradley? What can you guess about the talking she's going to be doing? That's going to be kind of tiresome, but that's just my own judgment. And what might be the subject of the talking? Well, I hope it's not the thing that her PR people have been telling her to talk about constantly for the last two and a half years, and that's her uh, dramatic body changes. Well, Bradley, I've got terrible news for you. She won't stop talking about that. In fact, now she's found a whole new angle to talk about. Now, the two projects she has coming out are a Netflix comedy called Senior Year, which I did a trailer review of while you were gone on your vacation, Bradley. Mm -hmm. And it looks like you've already seen that movie, so you don't need to. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. But she, they, is she just acting in this movie? She's like starring in it. She's like the, yeah. But I mean, like she's not like producing, directing. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Nah. I, would, I'm not, I would not be surprised actually if she starts directing that's stuff. That's actually a good point. The other thing she has coming out is that serious drama, The Almond and the Seahorse. And that was the one that she talked about being her most serious role yet. Well, she's talking about both of those projects, apparently, to Yahoo News. Okay. Sorry, Yahoo Life. Okay, great. And she said the following, and this is why I'm calling her out as a D-bag double down. Okay. She said, uh, essentially, you know, when she embarked on her year of health, I'm paraphrasing this part, in 2020, she knew that she would, you know, transform her body. But what she didn't realize is that she would transform her career. She says, and I quote, when I was heavier, it was kind of like a barrier. In some ways, that barrier protected me from things. But now that it's gone, I'm a much rawer person. It's had an unexpected benefit of helping my acting because I've not got anything protecting me. I'm raw. Okay, so she said that twice, which tells me it was maybe like a PR strategy. To save well, that as is thing all of this, twice, sure. right? I've got two movies coming out this year: the Netflix comedy Senior Year and the serious drama The Almond and the Seahorse. And I feel like between those two movies, it's the best work I've done yet. I'm just a weirdly much better actress, and I never thought that would be a side benefit. That's like the weirdest humble brag by way of changing your body i don't get what she's saying because i think what she's saying is that she it sounds very lazy to me it's like it's like it but it's so old it's so dusty like Mm -hmm. oh you know the the world wouldn't accept me for the way that i was because of uh, the way that i looked which that's all true like i'm not trying to take away how the world sees people of uh, certain sizes But what I'm talking about is the way that she represents that as applying to her, like, uh, acting. Because I just feel like, I think in order to do the thing that she's doing, you have to be incredibly Mm self-confident. And not that you don't have insecurities. And certainly I imagine her body, based on what she's talked about, was an insecurity at some point. But, like, not so much for her acting. Because if you look at her acting... Like, she was killing it. Right. Previously. Right. So, like, are you saying that, like, now that you're... I mean, it just almost sounds like she's saying it because she now that she's skinny, she can do serious acty roles. Which is, I mean, that is the... Which the world might... Like, that might be true, but that doesn't mean your acting is any 
better because of your size. I don't know. Right. It's weird. Well, it's just it's a very odd shoehorny way of trying to talk about her weight loss and also promote her abilities to do serious roles. Yeah, like look at me. Right. And it's almost like trying to so we always opined that one of the one of the things that she was angling for at following the weight loss or as part of the weight loss was some more serious roles. Oh, for sure. Right. It's so uh, like she's beating us upside the head with like, I'm taking a turn in my acting. Right. But now, but now not only has she taken that turn and now she's trying to get those serious roles, then she's also trying to promote herself to future roles by saying, yeah. and by the way, guys, now that I'm not weirdly, I'm like a much better I ju- actor. Like I shed all that weight, but I also improved my acting skills. Is she saying just that by, like just by losing weight, she became a better actor. So that is essentially, I think what she's saying. That's a weird thing to say. I know. And then on top of that, <laughs> what I really take other issue with more issue with a different issue with is this promotion of the, Promotion of the assumption that losing weight will fix other problems in your life, which Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't, right? Like, there certainly are, like, health things that maybe, maybe, depending on your own relationship with gravity, maybe some health things could be changed by that, or maybe some lifestyle things will change with that, depending, again, on what your unique position is. But certainly, certainly, that that is not this fix-all Band-Aid to the things that are troublesome in your life or that cause you stress or anxiety or uh, problems. And she's sort of perpetuating that myth mm-hmm. by saying that. Like, yeah. I'm an actor, and then I lost weight, and then I got better at it. Yeah, I just dumb, I and I'm not here for it. I know this is a complicated conversation. A lot of people listening are like, I'm not quite sure... What's and I'm not saying based on what you just said, but I I think that this conversation can seem complicated because it involves some really complicated issues, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not to invalidate what she's saying or what her experience is. I just think that she sounds like she's acting as she's telling us about her life experiences. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to like weirdly connect the two artificially. It's not like right. an organic journey. It not feels very all. much like because she talks about it in the context of my year of health. And then remember, it was hot girl summer. And now she's not doing hot girl summer anymore because remember, she's got a boyfriend, even though she's not talking about her boyfriend. But we think it's that uh, tennis player. Yep. Um, but like everything she talks about sounds so um, like planned or PR right. spoken. Yes. Like. I lost weight and now I can act in different ways. And um, it's weird because I never realized I was uh, that I would be so good doing this thing, being an amazing actor. It just kind of accidentally happened. Like, that doesn't sound real. That just sounds like you're speaking, you know, because your friend Barb is also your PR person. She was like, here's like the five things you need to say in an interview. Well, and it's so obvious because it's so obvious she's been coached because she on two occasions within the same paragraph used the exact same pre-rehearsed words. Yeah. And when I also she just says, think uh, I've got nothing protecting me. I'm raw. Yeah. That's rehearsed. And like to, to take her out of this for a moment, I think a lot of actors are put in this position where they're like, what's your thing? What's the thing mm-hmm. that like you can show up and talk about and relate back to you? And some people are better at it than others. There are people just inherently organically better 
at connecting their real lives to their acting. I think of people like, you know, I don't know who I want to name because then it just get. But like there are people who do this much better. Oh, I was going to say like a George Clooney is fantastic at making that conversation totally seamless about prep preparation for yeah. characters and how he acts and how yeah. his life informs that. And you buy it. Yeah. Like Jennifer Aniston. Maybe that's a good example. Yeah, that's a great example. But let's just say this. Rebel Wilson. It's just a little. It's, it's also she's been saying the same thing for like three years. Yeah, I'm tired. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have a real life, real life mystery to solve. This is not a fake one, you guys. This is real. The stakes are high. Oh, the mystery of the freezer turkey. After this, on my what? talk 107.